Um, now, the reason we did that is two reasons. One, I did puzz because we got a brand new pop filter. Poppy so pop. we are in on the pop filters. Uh, we're currently eating some uh, tortellinis while we're recording because it's the new year. And um, okay. and second, the second reason we did that, Melody, is because we're doing Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, you fool. If you didn't know that by now, what are you thinking? I'm going to take a bite. And then the other thing is um, we thought about maybe Jordan last week kind of flippantly was like the, the series that shall not be named. Um, and now it makes us think we should do, we should name all of our series something silly like that. So do you have any ideas of any of the other ones? Because mm-hmm. we have to retroactively do it now. I'd have to think about it. I thought about it a little uh, bit. Mad Max could be, no, I don't know, Mad Pod, Fury Pod. Yeah, but that's just doing the blank check thing, you know? know? We got to do our own thing, Jordan. What is this one again? The series that shall not be named. Oh, series. Yeah. So. Um, okay, I'll think about it. Uh, the other one I thought of is maybe it could be, um, like, for Toy Story, it could be uh, the Batteries Not Included series. <laughs> yeah. Is that good? That's it. Okay. Cool. So, we're doing Harry Potter. And what's cool, folks, a little housekeeping up top. We have been doing this podcast for a little bit now. And what is very nice is due to Patreon, we are not, we don't we aren't paying for this podcast now out of our own pocket. We get to do this be, it's it's funded by you guys. So, thank you for thank that. You. Um cuz like each doing it. Each month it costs us about 20 bucks to upload everything, which, you know, isn't a lot of money and we were happy to do it, but it's nice now that we can do this and not have to pay for it. But yeah. anyway, um, patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. And then finally, folks, we need some more reviews on iTunes. We really do. I know there's over 10 listeners, but there's only 10 reviews. Right, right. What you're what you think the other series' names should be and comment mm. on. Use mm. it as a comment on iTunes. That's a good idea. Um, Yeah, so that's where we're at. And then now we're jumping into Harry Potter. It's a brand new series. I'm very excited. Um, Should we both talk about... Oh man, Siri keeps thinking that I'm saying her name when I'm saying series. Um, Should we talk about our relationship to the series at all? Sure. Because I'll I'll start first. I'll okay. start first. Um, Harry Potter is something that I did not watch until I was about 19 or 20 years old. So I have a pretty big disconnect with this series, and I don't want it to stay that way, but I guess it's... it's uh, I have to kind of put myself in a certain mind frame to try and understand why people love it so much, because I kind of missed out. Basically. And here's to put it in perspective for those who know Micah. Harry Potter to me is what Star Wars is to Micah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good analogy. Um, but yeah, so this time around, I'm hoping to kind of catch the Harry Potter bug because frankly, I've only seen I've seen the whole series one time, then that's it. Was I with you when you watched the last movie? Was I with you like the whole time? I think you were there for all of it, yeah. Did you like the ending? Oh yeah. The last, like, three or four movies, I was like, dang, this is crazy. So, I've always liked it, but I wouldn't say that I loved the series. I wasn't, like, crazy about it. 
But um, I would, I would, I hope that I can bridge that gap and be like, no, I'm a Harry Potter head now. And why did it take you so long to watch them? Well, there's this thing that happens when you go to a Christian school where uh, from on high, and I don't mean God, like principles and stuff like that, there's something called Pokemon and there's something called Harry Potter and there's whispers about the school and at churches that it's witchcraft and no one should be involved in it. And, and Harry Potter has actual witches. Yeah, and so it just became like you're not allowed to watch that. And I think part of it is just because my dad was a pastor. So I think sometimes he would just hear stuff like that and he'd just be like, okay, whatever. Let's just not even have that conversation. Kind of making a diplomatic decision on his part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, but I think like if I said, hey, mom and dad, how come you didn't let me watch Harry Potter? I think they'd go, what? We didn't let you watch that? I didn't know that. Because I think they just care that that little about it now, and are it's it's silly to think that this is um a bad a bad series well, for I've kids always to thought watch. It was kind of funny because I I was in the same boat. I couldn't read it for a, for a while because of going to Grace, and uh, I remember my cousins got to read it. My aunt like read it to him every night. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that is so cool. And my my dad read The Hobbit to us. Like he he read to us too, but I was just like, man, I really want to read this Harry Potter. Never read it until my senior year of high school, and within that time, I'd seen the movies. Yeah. Um. But yeah, for for a while too, I couldn't couldn't watch the movies, and then there probably was just some day I was still a kid, and my parents were just like, uh, yeah, what, whatever, uh, whatever. I guess it's, it's it's a kids movie. That's not like it's not gonna be witchcraft. And the yeah. funny thing I think too is. Lord of the Rings has like wizards and magic. Yeah, but it's written by a Christian. I know, so, so people that's, weren't. That's as... the funny part about it, though, because it's like, I wonder if it had anything to do. I don't know if she was outspoken about it at the time, but like J.K. Rowling's an atheist, and I wonder if mm. people were like, like Christian parents were like, oh, I'm not gonna let my kids read that heathen, yeah, yeah. atheist nihilism, and I know atheism is not nihilism, but but kind of stuff. And then they're like, okay, let's watch Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, which is, but uh. I have to give a shout out the top of this app, even though we're about 10 minutes in probably now. Um, you burped straight into the mic. I know I didn't mean to. It was an accident. So like I said, watch these as a kid. And when we were going to be seniors in high school, so this is the summer leading up to it. And the second part was coming out, part two of Deathly Hallows. Yeah, okay. And I was like, cool. I'm so excited. I can't wait. And I might have even not seen part one yet talking to Taylor Brown, finds out she's a big Harry Potter nut. We're like, well, let's just watch the movies, all of them, and then go see the new one. And then because Sydney's my best friend, it was like, Sydney, you're just going to come and do this with us because okay. why wouldn't you? It's Harry Potter and it's awesome. Yeah. And did she say the other day that she had not seen any of them? What? And at that point? I don't know. Sydney, I don't I'm so sorry if I'm getting this wrong. I'm so sorry if I'm getting this wrong. Yeah. Either Sydney had not seen any or she just like never really cared that much. Okay. So then we watched these movies like all within a weekend, maybe even a day. And then we saw the, the new one stayed up for 24 hours. One of the best nights of my life. You stayed up for 24? That was the first and only time I've stayed up for 24 hours. And it was exhilarating and also terrible at the same time. <laughs> but, uh, so Harry Potter is a really soft spot in my heart um, for our high school graduation. Sydney Taylor and I um, uh, ironed Slytherin patches onto our robes for oh, graduation. Really? 
I think Haley bought them for us, I think. See, I always just think it's so silly that people think, um, a, like, would choose another house. Because I'm just like, it's Gryffindor. Like, if you choose another house, come, get out of here with that crap. Well, we all did Pottermore. Uh-huh. And Sydney got Slytherin. Taylor probably got Gryffindor. And I think, or she might have got Ravenclaw. I don't know. Whatever it was, we kind of figured out how to answer the question so we all could end up in the same house. So we yeah. just kept doing it until we were all in one house, which happened to be Slytherin. Oh, brother. But remember, fun fact, <laughs> listeners, Micah, Taylor Brown, and I, the, our senior trip, senior graduation trip after <laughs> going to Disneyland, Taylor, Micah, and I, and Haley, Taylor's mom, stuck around for the week. And yeah, we went to true. Warner Brothers and took a Warner Brothers tour, which had all of the Harry Potter memorabilia in the museum, as well as Batman. Like dark and I stuff. don't think I'd seen, I hadn't seen it at that you point. You So I was kind of like, but oh, this is pretty the cool. The second floor was all Harry Potter stuff. And do you remember that there, one of the, the Dark Knight Rises was coming out? Yeah, and the, the, the suit, suit was gone. There, but there was a boot print where yeah. it was. Yeah, it was and very cool. there was Inception stuff there too. The top. Yeah, but I just remember when Haley's like, guys, we can do this. You guys can get like this cool student discount. Like we should do it. And I think remember all of us were kind of like. Uh, a studio tour? How good okay. is that going to be? And it ended up being one of the best parts of that trip for me it was very cool i loved it so the we saw the harry potter memorabilia which also means we were sorted by the actual sorting hat yeah and i got from gryffindor. the movie micah got gryffindor dip wads taylor not only got gryffindor but i think she was called a weasley typical yeah um which also it just solidifies does the that quotes they, from the movie they are the weasleys though yeah the yeah <laughs> yeah they are um and then i got hufflepuff so how do you do you think it's like that hat was just used on set and then they animated that the hat because obviously it's not a real hat that's we see in the movie what are you talking about <laughs> yeah i'm sure that's what they did so they put that that's the prop hat and then they animated over it that makes sense i don't know why that took i don't think so they would call it the out. hat from the movie if it wasn't the hat from the movie yeah at the museum full of props so mm-hmm. well we good mm-hmm. we ready to dive so w- today we are covering the first movie harry potter and the philosopher's stone and this is directed by Chris Columbus, who has also directed Pixels, Percy Jackson. Uh, the movie he directed, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> the movie he directed before this was Bicentennial Man. Uh, he also directed Mrs. Doubtfire and the first two Home Alone movies. H, so, yeah. if you look at Mrs. Doubtfire, Home Alone, I haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire, but especially Home Alone, and I know he was, um, he was involved in, um. Uh, uh, the Goonies. I think he was one of the writers. Um, it just makes sense that you'd choose him for this project. Yeah, it very much feels like those kinds of movies. Totally, totally. He totally brings that to it. Um, uh, screenplay by Steve Cloves, who did the screenplay for all of the Harry Potter movies. Whoa. Which is wild. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, and then he also did The Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> A very not good movie. Um, produced by David Heyman, who did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, A Marriage Story, Paddington 1 and 2, Gravity, I Am Legend, Day Trippers was before that. So he's like the coolest person in the world? Pretty much after um, Harry Potter comes out, if you look at his IMDb, it's just like boom, 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 boom. I mean, he's a good producer, and he he knows what to invest in. And even the ones that aren't as good are usually like, oh, but it still did well. Yeah, totally. Um Music, it's by John Williams. Do I need I say any more? A really, really, this is one of his really good scores. 
that that whole theme One that of he the comes most up iconic with out there it's very very good um which is cool that he could come up with something so iconic this this much later you know 20 oh, yeah. 30 years into his career oh yeah <laughs> Um, cinematography by John Seal, who uh, we've talked about before. Seal, married to Heidi Klum. No, oh. no, John Seal. We've talked about him before in a series called Mad Max, where he did the cinematography for the best movie of 2014. No, wait, no, 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 that's wrong. The best movie of 2014 was Interstellar. One of the best movies of 2014, Mad Max Fury Road. They came out in the same year. Yeah, maybe I'm getting my years mixed up. I think I am. I think I Mad Max came out in 2015. Yet when that movie came out, and I saw it with Monica. With Mad Max? Yeah. Well, it it either came out in 2014 or 15. So it must have been a summer. I was home on a break. It was or a summer. It, okay. it came out in like July or something. Um, then production f- company. It's Warner Brothers production. Heyday Films and 1492 Pick, which I must. Oh my gosh, 1492 Pick. That's that's got to be Chris Columbus's production company, right? I didn't even look that up. I don't I don't get it. Chris Christopher or Chris Columbus is the director of this movie and he mu- he has a production company called 1492 because his name is Chris Columbus and Chris Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. I see what you're blue. doing, Chris. Pretty funny. Yeah. Wow. I just looked at it and I just saw numbers. I didn't put it together. Uh, the movie comes out. Oh, it's distributed by Warner Brothers. You probably changed the name by now, though, right? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, movie comes out November sixteenth, two thousand and one, uh, and it has a budget of one hundred and twenty-five million. And this blew my mind. So I was watching a, a, a few interviews, and I saw um, one in particular where Katie Couric was doing like a, a whole story on the movie, and and I guess i didn't know because i didn't experience it i didn't realize that these were like anticipated movies oh yeah i thought they were anticipated after like three or four of them had come out oh no but i found out doing like listening to the interview and stuff that it was like directors were like fighting for this movie and it was like a race to like buy the book rights and everybody was like do you know how this book got published uh, I do know some of that, which I was going to get into. But Can I say it? You go ahead. So J.K. Rowling, single mother. She had been working on the story of a, of a boy who is who's a wizard. Mm-hmm. Now know him as Harry Potter. Started working on it in 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, so single mom. And she had been submitting this manuscript around. And it landed on one guy's desk. At what I feel like it's Little Brown, but it might not be that publishing company anymore. Uh, I didn't write down the publishing company, but, um, so. His daughter was in the office, and she was like, Daddy, read this one, because her manuscript was just sitting right there, probably amidst several other manus- manuscripts. And so he was just like, okay. So he read it, and the rest is history. And okay, it's, so it's oh. the little girls. Huh? It's the little girl that um got, like, it, got it going, basically. Yeah, because it's like, I, I mean, I don't know too much about her, like, pre harry potter but i don't know if she was like published anywhere else like maybe she's had some short stories published it didn't look like yeah so it's kind of like being someone who aspires to be a published author you're really not your chances of getting published if you haven't been published anywhere else slim to none so this is like crazy that it happened this way yeah i mean no one could be luckier than this than her anyway um i wasn't gonna say that so i'm actually glad you 
said that. Um, I'm but from actually their, from glad their international hit. But I, I just didn't realize that this was like kids like lining up the doors already. And I didn't know that three books had come out by now. By the time this movie comes out, three of the books were out and people had read them. And this was like a highly, highly anticipated movie. So I'm going to read you. And the first three books are not that long. Yes, I'm going to read you the the box office report because this blows my mind. Remember, this is 2001. This is not like movies don't necessarily do this because it feels like every year it's like, oh, this movie crossed a billion dollars or whatever. Um, so this movie domestically makes $317,575,550 and worldwide the, mo- the movie makes $974,755,371. That's crazy huge success yeah so i just i just didn't realize that so it was kind of fun watching interviews and stuff and seeing like like with um chris columbus he was saying that he he like was looking to do a new project and he he wanted something um uh well i lost my train of thought but he he was looking to do a new project and his daughter eleanor said hey there's this book that i like you should take a look at it similar thing to how it got published i guess and he read it and he like fell in love with it and um so he he was just like oh my gosh i have to i need to direct this movie but word on the street was someone by the name of steven spielberg was going to direct this movie and it was like okay you know i mean spielberg you can't really argue with that but he wanted to make an animated movie because he had seen Oh thank goodness that didn't happen. But but what's what is kind of fun and speaks to how smart Spielberg is, he um he this was about the time that Pixar had come out with um about I think um Toy Story and a Bug's Life and they were gonna release Toy Story Two soon and he was like, This is the future. This should be like the next like Pixar esque movie animated. So that's what he was gonna do, but he was gonna combine a lot of the stuff in the books. And just kind of make a oh, conglomerate like a movie. movie? Um, I think of the first like three books or huh. so, like combine different things. I don't understand that even a little bit, but it's one of those things when someone tells you an idea for something, yeah, and they haven't had a chance to actually flush it out. You're just like, that's dumb. Yeah. So well, and, this, this, and is all this, like, this is all like stuff we only see little quotes here and there. Totally, it's, totally. Because Spielberg's not like a tell-all kind of guy. No. He's not gonna like bash people or anything yeah. like that. So, so anyway, um. So then uh, Chris Columbus is like, okay, I need, now that Spielberg dropped out, because he dropped out, um, he goes, I want to get in that meeting, but manager, you make sure that I'm the last person there. And meanwhile, he's sitting at home and he's rewriting the whole script because the Mm -hmm. script was being shopped around directors. And he comes to the meeting and he goes, here's why I should direct this movie. He explains it and he puts down, he goes, I rewrote the script. I want this job really bad. Um... And that's not something you do. Mm-hmm. You don't go in with a rewritten script. And so they were pretty impressed. And um, he just wanted to show how much he wanted it. So he did that. And um, that's pretty wild. Yeah, that's crazy. And what we're going to find as I keep on going through each these notes here and stuff, the the level of adults and studios wanting to give this book justice kind of blows my mind. I've never read about a series well, where people have acted this way. JK was pretty involved. Yes. And which I, is not, it just doesn't happen that often. No. Like with George R. R. Martin doing, being pretty involved with Game of Thrones, I feel like up until a certain point, if you probably asked a fan. Yeah. Uh, 
also not very usual still. No. Even though those books had already been popular. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, those they were popular were before. Popular. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have a 1999... Uh, okay, so wait. 1998 Chamber of Secrets comes out. Um, and and uh, the publisher thought that the word philosopher was too archaic in the U.S., and that's why they changed it to sorcerer stone and i'm sure that's why they insulting why they changed it in the u.s because it's like well these kids read sorcerer stone why would we keep the title of that makes sense for the movie yeah yeah um it's so stupid though Mm -hmm. because it's a cooler title um so chamber comes out uh 1998 azkaban comes out in 1999 oh and i was wrong the fourth one the goblet of fire comes out in 2000 came out in 1999 yeah that so, movie looks good, man. No, 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 no. These are the books. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't... No, that no, doesn't these, make sense These are me. the books. These okay, are the books. Okay, um, And then Goblet comes out in 2001. Then this movie comes out in... Two, uh, I'm sorry. Goblet comes out in 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I then, get it. Then this movie comes out in 2001. Which is the same year as Lord of the Rings? Uh, Lord of the Rings 2002? Look it up. I'm not sure. I think... I think... Lord of the Rings might start in 03. Um, but in 1999... 2001. 2001? Yeah, because I remember, weren't we in fourth grade when Return of the King came out? Um, I don't think so. Uh, Calculating. I mean, I guess we would have been. That's weird. 2003, which depending well, actually, we on, depending been on fourth the, grade, yeah. depending on the depending on the time of year, we were yeah. either in third or fourth grade. I remember seeing that movie in theaters, but maybe I didn't. I did. You did? Okay. Yeah, I had to pee so bad during that movie. Yeah. And I remember I had to pee so bad that I couldn't cry at the end of the movie. And I was mad that I wasn't crying because I was so sad at the end of Return of the King. <laughs> I, was, I, I had to sit next to my dad. Uh-huh. Had to because it was so special to me. Mm-hmm. So you don't tell me I didn't see that movie in theaters. No, I said me. I'm talking about me. But I did. I did. Um, okay. Back on track, 1999, Rowling uh, sells the rights to the first four books to Warner Brothers for a reported one million pounds, which comes out to one million nine hundred eighty-two thousand nine hundred U.S. dollars. So she sells the book for two million dollars, basically. And today, a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, and then Rowling uh, demands that the cast be British. She's like, cool. it has to be British. Cool. And there's a couple of Irish and I think Scottish people in the movie, but Boy, she was yeah. like. I don't want like American stuff like yeah. that. And then I already said the Spielberg thing and it's uh, everyone on production and writer clubs were so interested in being faithful and fulfilling Rowling's demands. And they were constantly, I think it was part of her deal was she gets to consult on the film, but they were constantly wonder, checking with her like the whole production. I wonder if um, one, it sounds like they wanted to do it, which is cool. Yeah. But I wonder if part of her selling the books for that cheaply was because she cheaply a million dollars for three books two million dollars two million dollars for three books i feel like people get paid more than that i don't know that seems like a lot for a first time unproved author like well i guess they're proved now but sounds sounds like they're approved then i don't know Uh, well then i mean that number is huge to me i mean because you've even told me like authors get like thousands of dollars deals and stuff like that i think i'm thinking more of script or i guess that's publishing but Oh, yeah, that's different than film. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Seems huge to me. I just, I'm curious. What I'm trying to say is I wonder if it's in her, it was in her contract. It is. It is. I was saying that. That it's... it's the, okay, now I'll start listening. <laughs> that that it's, it was in her con- like, contract that they had to consult with her. 
But um, but it seemed like all the quotes and stuff from the director, the writer, the production, everyone was like so interested in working with her, and and they they kept saying things like, "We don't want to, we want to cast British. We want to make sure that we're not like, we we want people to have read the books, come to the movie, and be like, that's what I was imagining. Not wait, what, what, what? And then they also talk about. Um, I also saw that. Um, I guess you said there's a controversy with Harry Potter's eyes. Because what are they in the book? Green. They're green. Um, but Daniel Radcliffe's are blue. Yes. And uh, he was tried to wear contacts, but they like made his eyes super irritated. So uh, JK was like, it's okay. So also, if, who cares? Also, who cares? That's what I think, too. Like I said when we were talking about it, at least they're not brown. They're not brown. At least his eyes are not brown. What would be wrong with brown eyes? I think that blue is the closest thing to green. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because there's a part of me that's like, they made a really big part of it in the book. Like, he has his mother's eyes. And they say it a lot. Mm-hmm. So even in the movies, they say it a lot. And it's that's just an important character thing. Okay. But I don't think that they have to be green. I just, for in my mind, I'm like, don't be brown. They can be blue or green. Okay. Because I feel like those are pretty interchangeable. Yeah. I I don't know. Also, I think he's got a little bit of a Frodo look because of the blue. Yeah. So I think that works for his favor. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to fight about? Nothing, nothing. Uh, everything's good. Everything's good. Um, all scenes that mention the stone were reshot um, with the American translation of Sorcerers. Um, Jim, Cre- Jim Creature's Henson shop, or Jim Henson's Creature Shop was used in the movie, which explains why cool. the prosthetics are so cool. Um, dialogue added was approved by Rowling, so she approved all the dialogue that you hear in the movie. So does Jim Henson also do so? Like the goblins, would that be something he would work on? Mm-hmm, totally. I Dang. think he would be dead by now. I think, uh, but his company. You but his company. I, you, I'm, yeah. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that would all of that stuff would be them. Not not the sets so much. I don't think, but all of the the actual creatures. Basically, and, the cost like the big costumes. Yeah, okay. and maybe even the designs of the CG creatures. I don't know, though, for sure. Um, but yeah, all, so all additional dialogue was approved by J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have neglected to do this in previous episodes. I forgot. But the movie was uh, nominated for Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, and Best Music at the Oscars. Cool. Didn't win any of it. Um, and then I wanted to end on this quote uh, by Roger Ebert. He gave this movie four stars. Dang. His, which is, he's a four out of four, if you don't know, listener. Oh, I thought he was um, out of five. No, he does. So this one got a thumbs up? Oh, yeah. Um, and he he has this review, and I was kind of skimming through it, and it's just like, this movie rules. It's like uh, in a modern Indiana Jones for kids. It's It does the, it rides the line of like, it's pretty scary, but it's not too scary mm-hmm. for kids. And then, um, and 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 I think this put into perspective the special effects because he didn't say anything weird about the special effects and even mention like the Quidditch scenes really cool and stuff like that. So I guess that stuff's just dated. But then people well, just liked imagine it. watching that in two thousand one. I can't do that. I can't imagine it. But but yeah. Do it. Um, and then he said this. He said. Um, there is a broad style of British acting developed in Christmas pantomimes, which would have been fatal to this material. These actors know that and dial down to just this side of too much. Love it. I'm also curious uh, who did the posters for the movies. I don't know if, I don't think they're like this the whole time, but like 
you know, that awesome painting yeah, style. Yeah, that's that like old. Lord of, I think Lord of the Rings has one, has a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars has a couple. Oh, yeah, Star Wars. Pirates of the Caribbean probably always, also has a couple, if I'm thinking. Maybe I not. I hope not. Maybe it's just more of a montage <laughs> of, a, of pictures. But, um... But that yeah, Just that was back it. in the day when they used to actually. I know. I wonder paint who them. did it. Should look that up. Yeah. Not right now though. Okay. okay, you got some actors for me. Yeah. So the the boy who lived Harry Potter is played by Daniel Radcliffe, um, who is Harry Potter. <laughs> probably his big, biggest acting credit. Yeah. He is also in Horns, which is a novel by Joe Hill. Pretty good. He is also in Swiss Army Man. With very Paul good Dino. Movie. Love that. Very movie. good. Scored by Andy Hull, Manchester Orchestra. People. Um, but he, I feel like it was so interesting when these movies ended. I was like more than anyone else in my life was so interested in to see where um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione it's went. It's been so after these fascinating. Because I'm just like, are they it. going to survive? I actually don't know. Yeah. And I think I was most nervous about Daniel Radcliffe. Uh huh. And to see that he kind of right out the gate just started doing indie stuff. Smart move. Oh, I think he might have even right after this done Broadway. Which yeah, I think he did some Broadway, smarter. yeah. I think he famously did that Naked production where he's like full naked. Oh, I don't know about I that. I just remember hearing that like the Harry, the guy who played Harry Potter is doing a Broadway and, he has, and he's naked. I remember hearing <laughs> that. Never confirmed it. But um, did a lot of indie stuff, which I think was really smart. Very smart. Um, great agent, whoever his agent is. Yeah. I wonder if it's the same person. Um, but yeah, he is. It's great because he has proven to be a genuinely good actor. Yeah. Throughout the other movies that he has accepted. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Rupert Grint, who plays Ron Weasley. Probably, like, he is definitely, like, he's still, like, acts full time. That's definitely still his job. Yeah. But he has definitely been in significantly less known things yeah yeah than the other ones um he recently was in a new show uh produced and maybe directed by not directed but produced Just, by scott ackerman yeah that is uh don't remember the name of oh sick note that also has the guy from hot fuzz in it oh nick frost yeah um but he's in he's in snatch rupert grint is in snatch oh i think they made a show at some point Oh, why weird. would you make a show out of that? That's weird. Um, but he's also in I got I do have to look this up cuz I actually have not seen him in much past Harry Potter. I did watch this like World War II movie of him and these other guys like stuck in a cabin. Okay. And they're all fighting in World War II and I don't remember why they're stuck in the oh, cabin. Oh, cabin in the woods. Totally. Um Or Hateful Eight. And I remember that was the first thing I saw him afterwards and uh mainly just thought he was cute. Oh, that's all I really remember. Okay. Don't know if I agree with that now. Weird. Um, but yeah, he's done a lot of TV and such. Oh, the movie was Into the White. Mm. But never heard of it. Yeah, I'd say he has not been as active, but he has definitely been in stuff. Looks like a lot of voice acting. Always oh, in CBGB, which is a a movie about the recording studio. CBGB. Oh no, about the punk rock scene, the nightclub. Oh, my dad really likes that movie. Never heard of it. <laughs> um, okay, and then we have um, Richard Harris, who played Albus Dumbledore. Mr. Who, Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, Count of Monte Cristo, also Gladiator. Oh yeah, he's in Gladiator. He's also in Unforgiven. Oh, yeah. Don't remember that. Don't remember that either. Um, among just so many other things, and as most people know, he died in 2002. Wow. So it was only Dumbledore for two movies, and we'll get into that 
when it's ready. He wasn't Dumbledore in Azkaban? No. Oh, wow. He okay. only in the first two. Wow, I thought it was first three for some reason. No. And then we have Maggie Smith, who plays Professor McGonagall, who mm. that's probably like people our age. I'm wondering. That's like, oh, it's Professor McGonagall. Yeah. But I think currently it's also now Downton Abbey. Yeah. Um, among, I mean, she's just had a wonderful career. She's in so much freaking stuff. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Well, that's about how it. all these, I mean, all these British actors that they choose throughout the series are just like titans of, of the, of the Britlands. Yeah. So then you also have Robbie Coltrane who plays, um, Hagrid. Yeah. I do know that I can't remember the name of it. Oh, he's in brave. That's cool. He is in that Jack the Ripper movie that also has Bilbo in it. Is, is that, uh, in, into he's from in hell? 12. Is that from hell? Um, uh, maybe have Johnny Depp in it. Yep. From hell. Okay. I just know that he's in that movie. Because huh. I think I was watching, it was on TV and I was like, Hagrid. <laughs> and that has never left my mind. He's also in Van Helsing, The London Assignment. Oh, that anyway, seems right on par. And a ton of stuff. Yada, yada, yada. And then we have Fiona Shaw, who plays ha- Aunt Petunia Dursley, who is in My Left Foot. Okay. Love, in- love interest in My Left Foot. Okay. Harry Melling, who plays Dudley Dursley. I just know that he's in other stuff. Never really seen him in anything else besides the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. He's in the That's Ballad right, that of Buster shocking. Scruggs. Okay, yeah, the the Liam Neeson one. Uh, oh yeah, he was the. Because remember we were watching and I'm like, that oh, kind of looks yeah. like the Dudley guy, but I mean, he's way skinnier because he was always chubby. Like even in the last movie, or I don't know if he was in the last movie, whatever it was. I want to say six. I don't remember, but he was still pretty chubby in it. Yeah. And like, they were still, you know, they're kind of like growing up. So I'm like, okay, you're just going to be chubby. Yeah. That's just his body type. And then watching the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I was like shocked. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was not, that that was him. Uh-huh. And then we have Richard Griffiths who plays Mr. Dursley who died in 2013. Oh, I'm waiting for you to get to the good one. And he's in also a t- just so many other things, including Pirates of the Caribbean. He's King George crazy george is in that series <laughs> i guess so what the heck i'm not gonna look up that person warwick davis is in this movie yes. he plays several characters he's in willow he's in all the star wars movies he's usually got a mask on of some sort oh, or also this a guy's creature in design Vern troyer who Vern is troyer. in i think he is a he's a austin powers mini oh yeah 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 is it is that the no 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 i'm thinking of someone else but uh wow uh Oh, come on. When are you going to get to it? I should have been not looking at it that way. What are you going to get to It's listed funny. I haven't even gotten to... (laughs) Go to the Rick Man. Go to the Rick Man. Then we have Emma Watson, who plays Uh. Hermione. Oh, yeah. We haven't actually talked about her. I would say one of her... Let's see when this movie came out. Yeah. So the big thing that she did after this was Perks of Being a Wallflower and like immediately solidified herself as an actress outside of Harry Potter. Because the movie did really well. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a... I don't know if other people are saying this, but to me it kind of feels like our John Hughes movie of our generation. Sure, okay. Um, she's also in The Bling Ring. Bad, Beauty bad and the movie. Beast. She plays Belle. She's also in Little Women that's currently in theaters upon this recording. Oh, she's in that? Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, she's also in Noah. She's a little bit of a hit or miss, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I'd say, I mean, she's good. She's got potential. Yeah. She needs a good director, though. I she, think so she too. can't just like rise above material, I don't think. And then we have 
uh, Matthew Lewis, who plays Neville Longbottom. Oh, are we ever going to get to Alan Rickman? Mostly British stuff. But the funny thing is, is that he was very dorky. He's the dorky one. And he grew up to be very hot. And I'm saying that objectively. <laughs> and then we have on. Tom Felton, oh, who plays Draco. This is a, this is a joke. We... Plays Draco Malfoy. And one of the first things he did, let's see the year. The first thing he did after these <sighs> movies was Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And I remember seeing him in it. I she, think he dies. She quickly. is playing with me, listeners. Um, Get to Rick. He's also in the Flash. He's in Die Hard. He's Hans Not Gruber. Not Tom Felton. Shut it. Ah. Not there yet. Come I have to on. go through all the kids. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. John Cleese is also in this movie. Monty Python, buddy. Yes, he's a n- n- uh, nearly headless Nick. And then come on, we have Alan Rickman. There we go. The man himself. He's in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy as uh, Marv, um, Marvin the Android. He's, he's also in, in Die Hard. Die Hard as Hans, Hans Gruber. Gruber. He's in the Kevin Costner version of Robin Hood. Oh, really? The good one? Maybe. He, I, don't I don't know. He's also in um, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. He is. And Through the Looking Glass. Is he the caterpillar? He is. He's cool. also in CBGB. Huh? Oh? <laughs> uh, the, he is the, the best character in the series. He is in Harry Potter. He is Professor Snape. Wow. And then that's, that about does it, pretty much. Okay. So. Ew. The movie begins. We got the great music starting. We see this wizard come out of the shadows, and he he sucks lights out of these light bulbs. With a device that With, I forget the name of, but it will come back around in part really? two, part one so, of the Deathly Hollows. Okay, I'm going to throw something at you uh, as, a, as a thought. Do you think that a lot of the story writing in this movie is a product of like a world that is about to be in like absolute nerd culture in that, for example, let's see if I can take it there. Um, Star Wars, huge, huge franchise. I, those first three movies are pretty much though. Of course they have the lingo and all that stuff, but it's, it's just like a pretty streamlined story that makes sense. And as they make more, the more like they, they rely on, little things or trinkets or we have to have this for this and things like that. Do you think that this movie is almost like, and I'm I'm not saying it's bad. I think it's a cool thing about it, but it's kind of like, okay, we have the simplicity of like a Lord of the Rings where it's a character needing to get rid of this ring. That's what the story is. Of course it's complicated, but there's that. But Harry Potter seems to me as I'm, as I'm rewatching them and seeing all the stuff, it's like every detail matters a lot and things come back around so much. It's almost like, it's almost like fan fiction for a series that was made just as that. I'll put it this way. I don't even think you asked the question, but I'll put it this way. Um, the first three books are like pretty small and mm-hmm. small being like, there's still probably 200 pages. So average. Yeah. But for a kid's book, that's about, that's pretty good. Um, as soon as you get to Goblet of Fire, it's massive. Right. And not massive compared to Deathly Hallows. That's the biggest one. But I feel like the first three books come out before the movies come out. And clearly J.K. Rowling is very creative yeah. and imaginative. Like she created this world without explaining too much. Mm-hmm. She it's just very good writing because she leave, left you wanting more. Yeah. So then these movies come out, they're coming very popular. She's working on the fourth book. And I'm wondering if the movies like gave her the inspiration 
to beef them up. But I also think that she wrote the books maturing with her readers, yeah. which I don't know if that's conscious or not. Cause I wonder if that's just because her characters were getting older. Yeah. They matured her writing matured, but the bigger the books get like they're good. They get so big that the movies can only cover 25% of it. Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully, because it would be pretty boring to watch a four hour movie with a big plot line being Hermione working for the rights of the elves. Yeah. Like interesting in a book, not a movie. Yeah. <laughs> but because the books got so much bigger, she, she created the world and the world in such a deeper way than I think most children books, chill like children in quotes, because yeah. I think they become young adult and then even cr- cross genre that can be enjoyed by, by adults, but like a genre or created a series that catered to her fan base so heavily that I don't know if it's been done that much before. Cause like star Wars, a lot of that stuff, the blanks were filled in by other people mm-hmm. in books that they wrote. Yeah, that's... Which kind of was like fan fiction. I feel like she did all like all of the fan fiction before it could even happen. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think that's maybe what kind of sets this um, story apart from a lot of other fantasy stories. Um, I think now it's pretty common. And maybe well, I'm wrong. I could totally be too. wrong. But... Well, we're just discussing it. Nothing's like absolute. But what's cool about it is, is she took she took ideas and things that are very familiar to us because we have read lord of the rings seen it parents have read it fairy yeah. tales folklore it's all just stories about folklore and fairy tales that we already know about which is like and she also obviously creates her own stuff obviously but like she uses witches and wizards that's been around for centuries wait this comes out the same year as shrek interesting Who's ripping off who? <laughs> <laughs> but like she uses very recognizable things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think I don't even know at the time if they were that popular, like yeah. witches and wizard stuff. I feel like maybe they were. I feel like they always are. But I don't know. She, she just used a medium that maybe at that moment just there was a need for that again. Yeah. And she did it. She filled the void. Crazy. Crazy. Um, okay. <laughs> Lamp posts sucks them up. We see McGonagall, her shadow from a cat to a person. And then we see Hagrid come down from the sky on a motorcycle in a very cool practical um, shot they do. Mm -hmm. Um, And he comes down and they put Harry at this... Baby Harry. Baby Harry at these parents, or at at the Dursley's house. Yes, who are um, his aunt and uncle. Yeah, and and it's pretty cool because right away they do a good job of like, ooh, this is um, pretty... like. It's it, the stakes are low right now, but something is afoot. We don't know what it is. And they and don't then, really answer anything, but they say things like, "Like, do you really think that this is the best place for him? Everyone around the world's gonna know his name, like the Wizard World." Yeah, and you're like, "Okay, like why?" What? What? And then they put the baby down on the doorstep with a little note attached to him, and you see the scar. And then it zooms into the scar, and it says Harry Potter, and if you're watching the U.S. version, Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. And then uh, then we're at the Dursleys. By the way, Harry Potter has fantastic font, okay? Oh, yeah. Who the, made the, the font? Whoever made the font, wow. It's yeah. great font. It's so iconic. It's just like the Lord of the Rings font yeah. and icon- iconography. And Star Wars. And Star Wars, yeah. Um, so, so you just have to get a good font, and you'll have a successful series. Sometimes you don't even need a good font. Have you seen Avatar? Whoa, papyrus. Um, so yeah, so it, it fast forwards like, I don't know, 11, 10 years. Yeah. And you see the Harry is living under a staircase. 
uh-huh. and you see that he's locked inside. Yeah. Well, no, he's not locked inside at that time. Anyway, he lives under a staircase. We don't have to cover every no. single detail. And you, you see, like, he he is treated very poorly by his aunt and uncle, and his cousin, who they're around the same age, is very mean to him as well. Very spoiled only child brat. Yeah. And you see that Harry has been given only the essentials, even down to the clothes he's wearing are Dudley's old clothes. Because yeah. they're too big for him. And uh, this is, like... I would say of the first few movies, this is always my least favorite part. Um, in the in this first movie, it's pretty good because it's the first time where it's like these uh, oppressive people that are holding him, and then Hogwarts is trying to get a hold of him, and they can't. Well, they can eventually. Well, just think but, like if th- th- like you said, this makes sense. And this is kind of for me was always the hardest part to start the book because you'd be back at the yeah, and you're like, oh, here we but go. But as soon as I started reading it, I was in. Well, that's what I read the first two books, and then I started the third book, and I was like, I can't do the Dursleys. But think again. about what and she I put would it down. like. How do you not start there I'm, again? I think you could do other things, but you would have to like conveniently explain that. Well, there's so there's the one thing about Harry Potter that's always funny to me, and I don't want to get all cinema sinsy, but it's just like. Why can't they just keep him there? Like, why can't he just live there for one? And then for two, it's like, man, these teachers are so irresponsible, always putting the kids in danger. That's a, f- I think that's a funny thing about the okay. series. I don't think it's a, that shouldn't, if you don't like it because of that, you don't understand storytelling and you need to rethink some stuff. But that's always something that is always a goofy thing about the series that I think has, I hope this time I'll get, o- like, not, like it more more like i've said but i think it's always kind of given me a little bit of a like well it's 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 harry potter like you know you, you gotta stretch a few things which is the same thing with star wars star wars mm-hmm. is made for kids like all this stuff is like kids but sometimes it elevates to adults mm-hmm. you know and and when you take this movie into the perspective of kids it's it's really good mm-hmm. um I can tell I've offended Jordan. No, we're just we're never gonna get through this movie. We aren't gonna get through this movie, no. So it is Dudley's birthday. Yes. And they go to the zoo. And there's a snake that Dudley's trying to play with. And it won't do anything. It's like, oh, let's go look at something else. And then Harry starts talking to the snake, just a lonely boy, just hanging out with a snake. Mm-hmm. And this he can see that the snake is understanding him and even responding to him. Yeah, And then Dudley comes back and pushes Harry and is like, look, it's moving. And Harry gets mad and makes the glass disappear. So he has done a couple magical things since he's been alive, since that he doesn't really understand. Yeah. And probably just a scared, lonely kid that thinks he's a freak or is just like, maybe that wasn't me. Yeah. Maybe it was coincidence. So he lets the snake out. The the snake snake winks at him. So thank you. And slithers away. Thank you. Um, and then they, and then Harry gets locked into the under the staircase. Yeah, and let's power through the Dursleys. Uh, you know, Hogwarts so is trying to get a yeah. hold of them, and then they do this cool shot where like the letters are flying into the house because Dursley keeps getting rid of them. All this to say, there's stuff. Hagrid picks him up because they mm. even like move, like they go away. Finds so out that, he's a wizard. What does that even mean? My yeah. parents didn't die in a car crash. They blew up. What does that even mean? So then, Hagrid takes him and they go to Diagon Alley. Gets see see a lot of the wizard world, which looks Diagon Alley is effing cool, man. Well, and all of this stuff is my favorite part about Harry Potter yeah. is all the fun, magical like practical stuff and all the layers upon layers because everything there is real yeah i don't know if there's like any cgi in those in that scene i mean 
Well, when the bricks move, it's pretty. I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking more about the set. Yeah, the sets are great. Which is just cool because it gives it so much tangible life and layers to it. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, most of those buildings were a green screen. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just that, that. I mean, even if they did that today, I know it would look good. I know, but to know, know. that it's there. But I think cool. I think that'll probably be one of our biggest problems with the Fantastic Beast series is they're not that way yeah. anymore. Yeah, and that's what these movies were built on. Anyway, we're not even there yeah. yet. So Harry gets his wand, which he finds out it has dragon heart string in it, right? I don't know. Or a phoenix feather. I don't know. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get blasted. <laughs> um, but he finds out that the only other wand that Ollivander has given to someone with that same dragon heart phoenix feather oh my gosh you are such a nerd is voldemort oh and he's and he's like, like no, no, but he says, he says the person who gave you that scar oh yeah 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 and and they do the whole thing about like he who shall not be named which so mysterious I, and can't i like that and remember we're not supposed to say his name you said his name arnie okay whatever. don't say his name but so then harry's with haggard and he's like who is this like who gave me the scar so mm-hmm. haggard kind of tells him like there's a bad guy he tried, you know, he killed your parents, but because your mom sacrificed herself for you, you're still here. And now he's bad. He's mm-hmm. just a bad guy. That's it. And we right we meet Ron. We meet Emma on the train. Hermione. I mean, Hermione. <laughs> I said Emma almost. Um and there's all this fun magical stuff. The CG is not aging super well, no. but for the most part, there's enough practical stuff to to keep you. The sets are still so unbelievable. Sets are great. Um, previously, they had gone to the bank, and Hagrid had grabbed something. Uh, and he says, "Best not to talk about this, Harry." Yeah. And then we arrive at the school. So then, uh, more sets upon sets upon sets, huh? Love the the hallway, the big love hall the where hallway, they have the Love the landscape dinners. surrounding Hogwarts. Yes, very I, cool. Did, I mean, I don't know where they shot it. I I'm, I know the UK, but like, I don't know where they shot it. Yeah. Um, specifically, but the landscape is just gorgeous. Love that. It's just such great imagery that the kids are taken across on rowboats. With these lanterns. Yeah, very cool. To the school, very cool. And um, the mess hall, or like the calf, the, you know, the calf, uh-huh. <laughs> is uh, also just very gorgeous. Candles floating in the air, and then there's the sorting hats. And you see that Harry essentially chooses to be in Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, yeah, they get sorted. They meet Malfoy. Meets Malfoy, and Bad right kid. off, you know, and, and, the the movie which i think is okay it's it's good but it, it's very obvious about who everyone is the only person that it be. i think yeah the only per, the only person that it doesn't really do that with is snape because it seems like he's so obviously bad yeah he's just a bad guy yeah and then as the movies progress you start seeing that that, that he's pretty developed i think i think that's one really cool thing she did with the series and they did where it's like they collaborated together well it it starts very like kind of clear cut uh-huh. except the plots are always very convoluted uh-huh. i don't mean that in a bad way they just are yeah um but then as it gets going like motives and people's characters get deeper and deeper and deeper yeah and and you understand things a lot more it's, this movie's this franchise is just an onion and every Keeps movie's a layer back which it goes back to shrek obviously yeah everything goes back to shrek it always Duh. goes back to shrek um so yeah, now now it's like you know getting into Act Two. So experiencing them in class. What are their classes like? Harry and Ron are late to their first class. 
hmm, maybe that'll indicate something about how they're perceived at the school for the rest of the time. A little bit of troublemakers, but they mean well. And then... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're learning how to ride brooms. Harry does awesome on a broom. And McGonagall sees him, and he becomes the seeker, the youngest seeker in centuries to be yeah. on Gryffindor. And... and um. To, to just I'm just gonna jump to the Quidditch game because we're talking about brooms. Sure. The Quidditch game is like the worst scene in the movie, I yeah. think. And so I'll say a couple of things about Quidditch. I think the game doesn't make a lot of sense, and I don't think it's a very good game. But I appreciate that they tried. I just think it's a failure on the sense of making up a sport. That's what I'm gonna say. That's a criticism. You have to let the magic take you. I let the you magic take me. Not about this. But um, I'm just saying Quidditch. I think is a little silly. Um. And, uh, <laughs> and I just do. Um, and Mike and I have already discussed this. We, so. we have, but um, I just think the point system doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I explained it. Uh, yeah, I know you explained it, but it just seems it just seems a little odd to me. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, not a great scene though, but it, it, it has is important. Aged very poorly. An important thing happens that you won't even know the ramifications of until part one. One. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. I oh, don't remember well, the it's series. It's important, although not now, <laughs> but Harry catches the snitch with his mouth. That's an important thing. Oh my gosh, I'm rolling my no, no, eyes. No, no. At that moment, it is not important. But later on, oh, wink, wink. brother. You're going to think it's cool when we get there, man. Okay, well, So meanwhile, we'll throughout see. this movie, you're, you're learning about Hogwarts and you're learning how these this world works. You're also um, learning that Ron, Hermione, and Harry, as they become friends, are little um, meddling kids, maybe. Uh-huh. That's just because of the bad guys have a sneeze. Um, so they, they find out that there's a three-headed dog guarding something, and Harry suspects it is whatever Hagrid took out of the of Gringotts Bank. Um, and then you find out that the cell, the cellar that they had visited had been broken into. Uh-huh. So they're like, what is in that? And then they through all their investigation, <gasps> the philosopher's stone. If you use it, you can live forever. Nicholas yeah. Flamel is still alive and he's in like 600 and something. So they're like, we got to find this thing. And throughout this whole time, stop. It's, stop. Just, it's just funny that you know all the names, which I just think about Star Wars and yeah. I would, I would too. It's just kind of cracking me up. So throughout this whole time too, you see that. <laughs> Nicholas Flamel, who think- knows who that is? <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> um, so like Snape is being very antagonistic about the whole thing to the point where they're suspecting that he's the one trying to get the stone. Yeah, yeah. And you do see with their first potions class ever that Snape immediately picks on Harry. Uh-huh. For no reason. I'm too. sorry, I can't help. <laughs> and and throughout throughout the 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 movies, most of them, it, it's like it's always picking on Harry, picking on Harry, and Ron and Hermione too. Yeah, says one of the meanest things I've ever heard to Hermione. Save it for that. Episode. Yeah, is it three that that? Happens? I think it's three. Yeah. Um. Because weirdly enough, listener, I've seen three like thirty times. Anyway, keep going. It is three because that's when they do the polyjuice potion. Yeah. Okay, but um, <laughs> so. They, they, um, okay, yeah, so they're, you know, they're hanging out with Hagrid, trying to gather information. You see that Hagrid has an egg, and it's a dragon. It's a Hungarian Ridgeback. (laughs) 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 I think it's Hungarian. Um, But you, so it's like. Is it? Yeah, I think you're right. But it goes to Romania, because that's where Ron's brother, Brother Charlie, takes care of him. Yeah. Um, 
So you're not allowed to have dragons. So Malfoy sees it, sees that he's a dragon, big no-no. All of them get detention. Hagrid gets his dragon taken away and they have to go into the forbidden forest to try and find a unicorn that has been killed or is dying. And I love that the blood is silver because it's really cool that that scene is shot in, at night. Yeah. And the silver is reflecting on from the moon but through the trees more of a chrome if you ask me it's very nice touch i think also did you get a good look at that unicorn yeah the unicorn's cool i think i think it's like a practical like unicorn it had fangs oh i didn't see the fangs love that that was so cool yeah so they they're trying to find this unicorn draco is with harry and then the others are with hagrid and you they find this thing like sucking the blood of the unicorn and if you suck the blood of a unicorn, you live a half-life. You're not, you're just like not fully there anymore. Mm-hmm. Who could possibly want that? Probably he who shall not be named. So he almost gets Harry until Ferenz comes and saves Harry, the centaur. Oh yeah. Really Very bad. bad CG. Also, I, I'm I'm glad that they never did stuff with the centaurs because those characters are weird in the books. Are they're they? like they're like hippie astrologists. Yeah. But yeah. like I feel like they're kind of Native American esque. Uh-huh. But in a like no one takes them seriously kind of way. Okay. And I've only read the books once. Uh-huh. So that this is from a long time ago, but I forget which book it is, but there's like a huge storyline uh-huh. with the centaurs because they're not always they're they're the kind of characters we're like they are technically good, but if it helps them. More of a druid type. Druid. We want the world to be balanced, not necessarily good or evil. Yeah. Kind of a kind, of, kind of like that. Make sure they're taken care of in all of it, too. Yeah. Um, that being said, whatever. He explains the whole unicorn thing and finds out that it's he shall not be named. And he's like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? And then. And his forehead kind of throbs. Right. Oh, yeah. His, his scar. Harry's scar has been hurting. Yeah. And then we're just going to speed through. Oh, there's a troll at one point <laughs> that uh, is also well, very. Let me comment on him. I just think like maybe it would have aged better if if the design was cooler. He's just too, he kind of looks like the little um, I think it's the little troll at the beginning of Elf when he's like, we had trolls I working think, on the toys. Yeah, it's just too cartoony. It's too kids movie, which I think is why they did it that way. Yeah. So I, I understand that But part. it's not a cool design. No, it's I, not cool. And it's like, thank goodness they're not in the rest of the movies at any point. Because you think about the movie remember. that came out that same year that had a troll in it and that troll's iconic. Yeah. It is, it is nuts that... I, I know that Lord of the Rings paved away for a lot of special effects, so they can't really learn from a movie that hasn't come out yet, especially because they're not in the same studio. But if you were to look at Fellowship of the Ring versus this movie, insane. And I'm pretty sure Fellowship of the Ring has like a ton more special effects in it. It's yeah. just nuts. More... Not against this movie, more... You mean special imp- CGI effects? Yeah, okay. but more for Fellowship of the Ring, like... The fact that they pulled that movie off almost 20 years ago is kind of just watch the corridor crew episode of it. Yes, the on YouTube. On YouTube. VFX yeah. artists react. The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's crazy. And I'm I'm sure they must have done some of those techniques with Hagrid where they like Are built they a smaller set Potter? and stuff. I would think so. Hopefully oh, yeah, they'll the, do it remember, before we're done I with think, this podcast. I think what they did with Hagrid, and of course, I don't know this for sure. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like he just wore like big, huge lifts and maybe even like stilts. Yeah. Of course, when they're in his house, that's all um, like illusions. 
Yeah. Be- like based on where the camera's placed because he's right next to Hermione and she's, this chair is like swallowing her up, but yeah, compared yeah. to him, it doesn't look that big. So the race, the well, like dimensions were way different. Get two different chairs. But like when he's walking around, I feel like, although he doesn't walk very much, but when he does, he's like obviously huge, but he's not like, like I told Micah, he is half giant. So his mom's a giant, his dad was a human. So he's not that tall, which you will see later on. In the Goblet oh. of Fire, his love interest is a woman who is also, he was way taller than him. And I don't even think she's a giant. I forget what she is. She might be a halfsman too. Oh but he, she is way taller than him. Anyway. Um. <laughs> so that there's a troll, Harry. This is kind of like Hermione was mad at, was mad at Ron. And mostly Ron. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, mad at Ron for what he said about her. Crying in the bathroom. That's why the troll's there. That's why. Well, it's not why the troll's there, but... He's in the bathroom. She's in the bathroom. Ron and Harry save her. Um, very noble thing that they did. Reunites their friendship. And then it's like, okay, act three. Yeah. And let's, can we just skip to the actual like dungeon? Yeah. They, they have, well, let's just say this. They, they basically have to do some kind of puzzles, figure out some stuff. Yeah. Um, and it would be interesting to find out, which I still have never looked up, why a couple of them are different from the book. I'm assuming just because of visuals. Yeah. Like visually, these things looked better. Also, it's funny so, that when he's many, flying but. with the keys, he's just flailing around, and you can tell that he's just on set, and they're like, flail, yeah. and there's nothing <laughs> actually hitting him. But I, I, I just always appreciate, I think especially in kids' books, I think it's just in a way without kids realizing it, they're learning story how storytelling works. Oh, yeah. But like earlier in the movie, Ron and Harry were playing chess with yeah, his chess yeah. and then later on it actually like mattered yeah so little stuff like that i think is really always really interesting and i think it does like like kids learn from it in yeah terms of you said it's not like, chess in the book no i think there's chess there was just another part where there's potions there's oh, a okay. potions thing well they probably were just like that's not as visually that, in- that, interesting as a chess game or like there were more than the three that they did. Yeah, that could be possible too. Um, I just can't remember because it's been so long. But um, yeah, so it's Harry goes alone into this uh, chamber, but it's not the one with secrets. No. And no, the, no. the mirror of Erised is in there, which earlier Harry was playing around with that, seeing his parents and then Dumbledore's and that's, like, don't dwell on that's it. That's cool. He, oh, well, yeah. Cool he, says, um, he says, because the, the, Dumbledore the says mirror, to Harry. The mirror says, <laughs> the mirror says, uh, shows you what you deeply desire and it shows his parents and um, um, Dumbledore says it does. It does not do well to dwell on dreams, Harry, and forget to live, which is a very good thing to remember. Dumbledore al- always has at least one huge philosophical quote that's like, "Oh, and that's the takeaway." That's the classic, like Gandalf in every yeah. movie. He's got at least a couple too. Where, yeah. um, but anyway, you know, he the fights. mirror's there, and it's there. That's where Dumbledore had stored it. And Professor Quirrell's there, who we had not mentioned at all yet in this episode. No, I know. But he's the dark, the new dark arts, dark yeah. arts professor, weird dude. He's there, and you're like, oh, I would never suspect that he was the bad guy. The person I most medium suspect, <laughs> really the most you least expect. Um, well, and and Harry Potter kind of does the like series of unfortunate events thing, where it's like we have this new teacher. This is going to be fun, and they're like bad guy, and, and then the next Harry movie, never it's says like. That. No, 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 but the story in general, where it's like, there's another new teacher, and everyone's like, this guy's really a good one, though, and then it's like, bad guy. Well, especially, yeah, yeah, until you get, because who's in two? Who is it? Isn't that one? Oh, Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. 
And he's not really a bad guy. He's I mean, he's just a like, bad. He's a scumbum. Yeah, but scumbum, he's not. He's yeah. not a bad guy. And then in three, you have Lupin, and he's a good guy, but he leaves because he's a werewolf. Yeah. Okay. We'll so I guess I'm there. wrong. But anyway, the mirror's there, and Quirrell's trying to use it so that he can get the Philosopher's Stone. Which he, this is all very the the CGI is horrible. Yeah. Of um, he who shall not be named's face, but the the way that Harry like puts his um hand in his pocket, and then the Philosopher's Stone is just there. It's like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. So that's so Quirrell's trying to figure out how to get it. Harry's just looking into the mirror and he gets the stone and it's like, oh, and he hides like he doesn't he, his, he doesn't show that he has it. Yeah, yeah. So then um he shall not be named. Yeah. Is he's like, let me see the boy. And you just hear this like um disembodied voice yeah. somewhere. And then Quirrell takes off his turban. Yeah. And there's a face on the back of his head. And it's him. Mm-hmm. And basically, he's like, kill the kid. Yeah. And as soon as he touches Harry, he disintegrates and dies. And I like that this movie, uh, the last scene does not like, it. it's not like a 30-minute scene. Well, thank Cause goodness, because you know how... this kid's his first kid at first year at wizard school. What could he do? He doesn't yeah, know but anything. it's like I think I think if they wanted to be like less faithful to the books, they'd have them like get knocked down, and then like Ron and Hermione would show up, and they would do something. Then they'd get knocked down, and then Harry would be like one more thing, and he'd do it, and he'd almost succeed, and then like Dumbledore would come in and save. Well, it's him. just I, I'm glad that they didn't like like Harry didn't like have his wand. I mean, he might have had it, but he didn't like try to use it. Yeah, because it's like I I don't know what is intentional or not. But it's like I would imagine he's a eleven-year-old kid. He's this. This is the first year of his life he's even discovered that magic's real. His first instinct is not going to be to use his wand. Yeah, and it just shows that he say. has power. Yeah, some some weird power beyond the magic yeah. that's in his wand. Yeah, and then everyone's fine. And there's he wakes a, up in the hospital wing. And then Dumbledore's they do the, there, and he he asks him why he had the stone. And didn't he say something about like you were worthy? I don't remember something like that. But then they then they do the the dance sequence to Wham's uh, "Wake Me Up Before and You Go Go" anyway, with the whole cast. The first introduction to Harry Potter jelly beans. Well, they they were introduced in the train at the. That's true. The oh, that's right. But this so, movie is the first introduction of Harry Potter jelly beans, which will become a weird phenomenon in their own right. Yes. Um, also, though, if anyone ever goes to Harry Potter World, whether it's Orlando or California the candy shop it's like a dream a literal dream come true and if you're listening to this and you are going to do that why don't you just bring us back um some of the jelly bellies or just bring us along really no but bring us back something and say thanks for the pod and and give it to us okay okay i would take a chocolate frog um (laughs) yeah the chocolate frogs would be good yeah uh yeah i think we covered it Love it. Love this movie. And they, they just only get better. And you know what we're doing, folks, right after this? Jordan and I, I'm putting all this stuff away, and we're starting the Chamber of Secrets. So um, strap in. We got nine more of these to talk about. Because we're fantastic beasting Micah's it up. already tired of it. I'm not tired of it. We just can't do the whole entire plot because the movies are so dang long. But we'll figure it out. Um, love you guys. My album's coming out March thirteenth. Uh, I might have, I might have some videos out right now. I'm not sure. I might have like an acoustic video out right now. Oh, you know what I do have out that came out this week is, um, is a video that this is what's out. It's a it's a live video of um, 
Anthony and Grayson and I performing uh, Manifest Destiny in uh, Southern California. So check that out. Southern California? I mean, Northern California in Patterson. Central. Central California in Patterson. <laughs> check it out. Um, it's very cool, and um, it was, it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.